Alright, and it looks like we're good to go. What's going on everyone, and how are you all doing? Welcome to the best place for Xbox talk on Sunday nights, the Xbox Roundtable Podcast. This is episode number 157, a show dedicated to Xbox-centric topics, and a little more from around the gaming industry. This is your host, Invader. Yes, I know, ladies, you're gonna have to, you know, just try and contain yourselves as I get through the show, but hey, be patient contain yourselves like i said we've got a lot of stuff to get through to cover from the past week earlier we saw somebody at 343 industries uh get moved around uh, very interesting uh, stuff going on there he stepped down from his position as well some new info dropping from amd regarding full rdna 2 on xbox series consoles plus a slew of other things that have been going around the gaming industry but first let me introduce the txr panel tonight and i'm gonna kick off things with centurion centurion brother uh, what's new uh, have you gotten your clock strained out yet Ah, <laughs> uh, yes i live in the magical world of arizona everybody where we don't have daylight savings time all right, so yes, I showed up for the show an hour early today. I think it's bored. the only state. Uh, yes, I believe we are the only state that doesn't have daylight savings. I don't even really know what that means. Does that mean we're special, or does that mean we're just like rebels? But anyway. it, means you're, it means you're normal. How about that? It means you're normal. <laughs> I'm not scared to work with the sun down. Anyways, yeah. so, but other than that, I've been able to kind of get some gaming in, though. Uh, I just bought Hunt Showdown. I'm actually going to try that out with some friends. Uh, I've been playing Watch Dogs 2. And, uh, God, of course, the regular ESO thing. So I've been kind of been able to game this week. I'm excited, man. It's, you know, it's been a slow news week, but we actually got some decent topics to have some really good combos about. Watch yep. Dogs 2. Is it, mm-hmm. is, it, is it because of Watch Dogs Legions? You're, you're dipping your toe back into that whole... Uh... Oh, yeah. I'm weird. Yeah. I'm, o- I'm OCD. I can't be one of those guys. It's like, I'm going to go play Part 3 before I experience Part 1 or 2. Um, so <laughs> I, I've already done Part yeah. 1. I got to do Part 2 now. I'm enjoying it. Um, it's definitely different. You know, it, It's yeah. not one of those games where you just run around and kill stuff. You just got to kind of yeah. be a little bit more stra- strategic hack and... Um, I like the fact that also, like, the one gun you get is a taser in the beginning of the game, so you're running around tasing people. <laughs> True. I've never played a Watch Dogs, man. You know, I, I, liked, I like the stealth aspect, but you know what? Don't, I don't want to be restrained from just pulling out a gun and just going crazy. You're not, so. you're not restrained from that, but uh-huh. as you first play the game, well, if you Watch Dog 1, oh, dude, Aiden Pierce, yeah. yeah, dude, get your gun. Like, there's times they make you go hunt dudes, and, like, they are literally – full force trying to run you over and you literally get out of your car with a grenade launcher and as they're just hauling out you just aim that thing and just watch that car go i mean people said aiden pierce came off as a very aggressive character in the first game Mm -hmm. in the first game you can go level some things uh (sighs) just because of how aggressive of a character he is and they dialed that back in Watch Dogs 2 where they now want you to concentrate on getting in the cameras and manipulating the environment and distracting guards and stuff like that, you can still shoot them, but there was definitely a much more heavy emphasis on, I guess, a more stealth aspect. Now, gotcha. Megatron, I'd give it a shot because it's a completely different take on the genre. Yeah, it does seem, you know, it does things similar, uh, but at the, at the end of the day, it does things different enough to, it keeps you playing the game. It's a good game. Now, oh, okay, yeah. so, 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 Centurion said that he doesn't. He goes back and plays the prior. So should I start with one, and work my way up to legions, or just? 
No, no, because they haven't really connected uh, the games that heavily. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. I, I so know. You, I've heard that Aiden Pierce makes a like cameo in Watch Dogs Two and like the DLC um, mm-hmm. as a character. Um, but from what I've heard, uh, Watch Dogs Legion is actually going to be like its own standalone thing. Like they didn't even bring back uh, the uh, voice actor for uh, Marcus in Watch Dogs Two. So I think they're they're just kind of making Watch Dogs Legion more of a like a major standalone title from the other two games. It's got that cyberish punk kind of feel to it too. No, by the way, really, no. no? I, don't, I don't think so. I, but well, that that I don't atmosphere, think it's right? Feel like no? cyberpunk, but it's gonna have like. Cyberpunk is going to be one of those games where you have like a lot of reflections, ray tracing and like eye candy. And that is something that they wanted with Watch Dogs 2, which is why uh, they have it locked, I believe, at 30 frames a second. But Mm -hmm. that's because they wanted to put a lot into the engine when it came to ray tracing and reflections because it takes place in London. And they really wanted to get that that image of you traveling through the city with all that glass. It looks fabulous the, the the holographs the little was that a commercial thing flying around the car i have to say that game looks beautiful and i'm looking forward to trying it wasn't on my radar but i tell you what now it is mm-hmm. now you know if i were to compare it to something something it would probably be a mixture of grand theft auto with a splinter cell feel to it <laughs> i would i know that, that. Yeah, so you have different gadgets at your disposal. So, like, you can bust out your cell phone and hack different cameras in the world and, uh, you know, just do different things to it to uh, disrupt the enemies and, and right. take, con- you can take control of, uh, you know, different power or plants. Also le- or, le- or learning to traverse the environment. Like, you'll come yep. up to a data pad that you have to hack and you'll get out your cell phone and it'll show you like the the power cable that goes from that data pad in the ground and you have to actually follow that cable back to its power source so you can hack it and sometimes it's like on top of a building and you have to like literally stare at this building like how the hell am I going to get up there and I do like the way part one starts off where you're stuck in a stadium and in order to get away because everyone's looking for you, including like I think the FBI. Spoiler. So, yeah, spoiler. And he shuts out. He shuts off. He shuts off the entire city, city. block uh, <laughs> in order to escape. Nice. So now I want to yeah. play it. I gotta check it out. Well, that, I'm always that's behind. What, that's what time. got Aiden Pierce declared as a terrorist because at the beginning of the game, yep. you shut down the power grid for the city to escape, and you basically like shut down hospitals and all sorts of stuff. So you basically got instantly branded as like a terrorist because you shut down the city. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. Moving down the list here. Eric Shockley, man. How's uh, the past week been for uh, the gaming scene for you? Pretty good. Just waiting. You know, this last week is going to be like the longest week ever to try to get to these consoles. Um, But yeah, just excited seeing all those unboxings. Uh, Wish I could be big enough to uh, get one of those early. just enjoying so far i'm just like not wanting i'm in this stage like i think some other people are where i just don't want to play anything that's on my xbox or whatever just because yeah, i'm nice. like uh, i don't want to finish this game because i want to yep. experience it you know with some of those new life uh, quality of life uh things so i'm playing some retro stuff just yeah. to get me by 
some of my switch. So, so just to ask, um, because we it happened with me. Uh, has anybody's uh, pre-orders officially gone through? Like my bank officially processed all my pre-orders. I've been waiting for that day for a long time. My, I was my, kind. Of, I hope, no, I did. I did mine at GameStop, so there's nothing really okay, to cool. process. process. So okay. Just... Mm-hmm. I bought mine online, so the way it works online is you put in for the pre-order, but you're not officially charged until like two weeks from the date that pre-order is going to go out. And I've had so many people show me images of like Target and all these other guys getting their pre-orders canceled for no reason. And luckily, mine actually went through. I mm-hmm. have been charged by Microsoft and Target officially. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I'm still yeah. waiting for mine. Yeah, Target tries to do tests on your card like t- like 10 times for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. They held, They actually held my 600 and some dollars in processing for over a month. And then it finally dropped off. And then my wife came up to me yesterday, and she's like, when did you spend $600 at Target? I just got a text. And I was like, woo, it went through. It went through. <laughs> oh, man. Right. But, yeah, I was ex- I was worried they were going to cancel my PS5 yeah. order. I just got mine, too. I just checked. So same thing. I got charged $543. Nice. So I'm in, too. Nice, Timmy. I mean, so I hate to be Debbie Downer over here, but is everybody getting their stuff delivered? Because it uh, looks like we're headed for another lockdown. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got it it looks like delivered. another lockdown is coming on. I don't know. Uh, I can make yeah. a joke and say I don't got to worry about lockdowns. I live in Arizona. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I ordered mine. Th- I got both consoles through Best Buy. I ordered it online. So uh, as far as I know, everything is, it's still processing, but it says that it's supposed to be coming on the day of, or, you know, mm-hmm. so fingers crossed, I'm going to be well, keeping up with that. You see, you see fun speculation in the chat here, how he says Target screwed me over. I met him on the shop podcast uh, just a few weeks ago, and he was one of the ones that showed me an image on Twitter. Target canceled his pre-order without warning. Didn't even the get target an email. Sucks. Yeah, sucks, he, he went to check on his pre-order, and it basically said that it had been canceled. Yeah, a lot of Target. I've seen Target a lot uh, as a complaint, and a lot of Amazon too. People had their Amazons just just canceled. I yeah. did get a warning from Target that like, hey, your card didn't go through, which is weird because I had way or plenty of money in that account. So like, well, let me switch to a different account just so to shut you up, but. Yeah. I know they give you that fine print that basically says, if we try to charge your card and it don't work, you're SOL. Yeah. I actually, I was actually called by uh, Best Buy because I have, I'm picking it up at the store that day. I have the S, I have multiple, I have the X coming by mail, and then I have the S with two expansion cards and that blue Sega uh, controller, and they called me. They said, do you want to come before the store opens? But I'm working that day, so I said, I'll see if I can get the day off. But if I can't, I'm probably just going to go right after work and uh, pick up the S. You got two expansions, huh, Tim? Nice, man. I was kind of – I'm on the fence with that, man. I just, just – I did pick up yeah. the 14 terabytes. I know I'm still going to be using the – That's nice. I was going to get that too. 
Yeah, it was a great sale. I yeah, saw it was a great. Still, it's still, it's still available. I think so. Yeah, certain places. The sixteen one was t- sold out. There was a sixteen terabyte and a fourteen terabyte. They were both on sale. The sixteen went and it was like sold out immediately. I think there's some left on the fourteen, and I'm mm-hmm. still downloading games. I got like yeah. over seven hundred something games, and I started Friday and it's still going. <laughs> as I'm looking right now. Well, I just I just picked up a uh, a Seagate um, hard drive as well. Like just. Eight terabytes, but still, it was off for like 120 bucks on Amazon a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. I was like, well, I'd be insane not to pick it up. So, mm-hmm. you know, especially you know, I'm, and I already transferred over all my games. I'm just waiting to get these consoles. So, just very yeah, excited. with these new hard drive, and with these new hard drives coming out, you're going to see the price drop for uh, for all these uh, disc drives. See, yeah. I've been staring at those new hard drives, and I still haven't got myself to want to pull the trigger on one. Two hundred and twenty dollars. Yeah, I don't know how to. The only reason why I did it personally was because I do automatic payment, and Best Buy is the one. Like I always do, um, I always get something from Best Buy. So when I come to a zero balance, I'll get headphones, or I'll get. In this case, I was I paid off my Cyberpunk console, and I was down to zero. Okay. So so I was like, you know what? I'm I'm just gonna just get these two and then I'll forget about it for a while. I'll do seventy five bucks a, a month, you know, in in you know mm-hmm. in zero percent interest. Is great. Yeah, you can't beat Best that. Buy is great, uh, bro. I, I I can agree with that tactic. See, for me, I just don't know if I want to pay full price or wait till they're mm-hmm. like one hundred and seventy, like fifty. They'll come bucks down. Right. They'll come down fast. I'd say in the next two, three months after launch, they'll be at two hundred, and then. I would say six months, like you said, once you'll you'll be able to snag a deal for one seventy. Plus, they're also, uh, as Jason Ronald pointed out, they're uh, having other manufacturers doing this. It's not just mm-hmm. Seagate, so the the, yeah. the competition is going to drive it down. Right now, skimming through the intros here, uh, Tim. Hey, it's great to see you on this week, buddy. Uh, how you been the past week? Good. I've been playing um, Star Wars. Uh, it's a little late to the party, but Star Wars: uh, Fallen Jedi, and I'm oh, really nice. Yeah, yeah, Fallen Order. It's very good. Uh, very impressed with it. Uh, but like uh, as uh, Shock said, you know, I'm dealing with these load times, and and I'm hearing it's at a sixty locked on X. So uh, I'm kind of uh, you know I might. Uh, Play it a little bit more. I'm halfway through, but definitely going to probably finish it on the X, uh, getting to the point where I'm ready to, ready to put these next-gen consoles and get them going. Yeah, terrific. Yeah, definitely know what you mean there, pal. Uh, going down the list further, Megatron, buddy. Uh, I know you're usually busy uh, during the week, but you, did you get into any gaming? Uh, just basically some uh, Destiny uh, 2, trying to level up as much as I can before uh, Beyond Light expansion. Um, other than that, I played something called, I've been playing something um, that's on Game Pass called The Tourist, which is pretty cool. Kind of a, I don't know what you call it, indie adventure, something, something, kind of a chill game, man. Go check it out. I, I just started playing it. So, but uh, other than that, man, I'm just hanging out, ready to start the show and, uh, Looking forward to um, these new consoles. That's it. That's what's been on my mind. These new consoles and um, how many more sleeps we got left? Nine, ten, you know, so <clears throat> looking forward to that. Totally, totally. And we'll yeah. round this out with Jeremy here. But, you know, I'm just going to get down with the nitty gritty. 
Jeremy, who did you piss off the past week? <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> Nobody, man. I'm a saint. Um, I haven't been game. I'm on the Shockley boat here. I haven't been gaming on my X. I'm waiting for my Series X to play. So I've been dabbing in the Oculus Quest 2, which is amazing. Uh, I'll be getting my PC here shortly too, uh, my my new rig. Um, so I'm look I'm looking for a uh, monitor, a nice monitor. So thanks for the uh, the link. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm probably gonna go with that widescreen that you sent me. So mm-hmm. the curved, mon- the curved widescreen monitor. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, my boss so- has one of those at work. That thing is freaking awesome. Sweet. That's good to hear. So yeah, that's what I've been yeah, doing. I do recommend uh, you guys picking up that Oculus Quest 2. Um, I have the 262, I think it's 268 or 265, I forget. Anyway, um, I did buy the kids one. Uh, it's the 64 megabyte one, and that's going to run you about 300 bucks. So it's just a gate. It's a great entry into into VR for sure. All right. I just want to know how Half-Life plays on that thing, man. That's the one game that really wants to pull me into getting it. If it runs on it, it's strong enough. And if- yeah, you just have to have the uh, the cable for the you know to hook it up to your PC. It's one cable. That's all it is, and you just hook it up. And if you have it on Steam already, it'll work. So yeah, mm-hmm. for me, my game on that would be Vader Immortal. The, and now all of a sudden, the Oculus is on my radar at three hundred dollars, and. I feel like I'm going to spend three hundred dollars just to play Vader Immortal. Now I'm telling you right now, it's you, you buy it in series parts, so it's the first series of the game is ten dollars, and there's three parts to that. Oh, I'm God. telling you right now, Centurion, it's a, it's an amazing experience. I'm it pretty really sure it's, it feels I'm, like it feels like you're in a Star Wars game. It really well, does. Well, I'm saying now what. Uh, I'm wanting to know, does it feel like you're Darth Vader from Rogue One? I'm sorry, but I don't care what anybody says, but that scene at the end of Rogue One where you see them, when you see Darth Vader kick on that lightsaber and just basically wreck that entire hallway, oh my God, that was freaking <laughs> awesome. I'm like, well, Darth, if only Darth Vader could have been that through the entire series. I mean, just like lifting people up and just crushing them into the ceiling i was just like dude that was freaking awesome yeah easily the most one of the most memorable parts of that movie was right at the end there (laughs) oh dude i loved that when you see them all just chilling in the darkness and you see him kick that red lightsaber on you're just like oh it's about to go down and it's about to get rough (laughs) you know and vr is just it's amazing you know the different kinds of experiences that you have playing vr and the same goes for that Star Wars game. The way I mean, just opening a door is freaking amazing in that game. So when you you take into consideration the fact that you do have a lightsaber in the game, you do have force powers, and it's very, very uh, you know the gameplay is excellent. So um, since you're it's, into the- it's the ultimate Star Wars game to me, in my opinion. Um, since you're into the Oculus thing, I would say uh, go check out Squadrons. Yep. All right. Like I, I mean, like to be able to be in the because I've done a VR where you're in the in the cockpit, not with Star Wars, but on a different one on a on a PS4. But I mean, to be able to look around the cockpit and actually get the detail and just to look out that window, I mean, yeah. I really think that's going to be an experience you'd love, especially in VR. 
Yeah. All right. Good to know. Now, before we get into the topics, just a reminder to all of you listening in, if you could share the show out on social media, that would be really great. And as well, don't forget to check us out on various podcasting platforms. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Give us a sub if you, you know, if you like your TXR on the go. All right, fellas, we will move on and on our way to the first topic of the evening. And there's been a significant departure at an Xbox first party studio. According to Bloomberg earlier this week, Chris Lee, the studio head of FPS development, has resigned from his role at 343 Industries. Which is kind of a surprise considering we have the Xbox Series X consoles launching next week. And Halo Infinite is presumably coming out sometime next year. I'm really curious to hear what everyone's thoughts are on the matter. But I'm going to go over to our resident downer, Jeremy. Should we be concerned when we see something like this, a big studio personality leave? Because remember, this was supposed to be a next-gen launch title, what, a week from now? Yeah, I mean, should should you be concerned? No. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's an extreme amount of pressure that goes into making these huge franchises for sure. Um, in a lot of ways, uh, the game is sh- it shapes in the direction of, you know, the Halo franchise, whether it's going to be relevant really in today's uh, market. I mean, with, you have games like... Um, uh, oh my God, Apex, uh, you have Fortnite. And then these games have just taken over the scene. And yes, uh, the Halo game's a little bit different. But uh, for those of you who understand how games are put together, games are a lot like puzzles. You know, it's it's a jambled mess until really you get those pieces uh, together. And I think people think that there's you know, the more developers yeah, you have in a studio, the better. But that's not always the case. Um, that could be where the disconnect is here. I have no idea. It's just an opinion. But imagine trying to bring that puzzle together um, with over a thousand people. You know, so and I, I think three four three has what twelve hundred people working on on the game right now. Tim, correct me if I'm wrong. Well, yeah, they were up to twelve hundred with um, contractors. But right. I think that, so that that was to push for the. Right. For the for the launch, but they still have a, a large, very large number of people working on it. So with that, you have developmental differences, you have communication breakdowns. Now imagine this during the pandemic. Um, I think it's part of the reason why I believe Halo uh, Infinite is going to be delayed until Q1 of 2022. I know that's that might be disappointing to fans, but I do think it's going to get delayed. There's just too much writing on the franchise right now. Um, and I think Halo fans, you know, they, sh- they shouldn't be worried until they have the final product in their hands. Um, I'm curious to see exactly... Uh, how the story elements are going to be played out. I'm curious to see uh, what kind of uh, different uh, variety, you know, the variety in um, uh, just the the whole uh, Halo universe that they're going to take, what kind of turns they're going to take. And I want to see different gameplay elements in it. And I do want that power of my Series X to shine through in this game. I, that's what I want. So, but as far as... Um, you know, I know there was some some say with that inf- the Halo Infinite uh, color fiasco. 
um, which people really uh, you can see people are getting upset just because of the you're, they were changing certain aspects of the customization with the armor and the different color schemes and people love this franchise and if you try to ruin a good thing people are very protective of it so is mm. the halo reputation damaged uh, I don't think it's damaged Can until uh, until we get the, the, the color yeah, aspect. Yeah. Wait, hold on a second, people Dude, upset. What people is? were flipping out because of their freaking armor being the customization in the armor. They're yeah. flipping out because it's microtransactions. Right. All of a sudden, you say the word microtransaction, a game is crap. Like I'm just saying, like um, this well, is. What where was your I question? That's what my question is. Just because a game has microtransactions, it's automatically bad? Well, it's not so much that it has microtransactions. It's that it wasn't something that a lot of fans and people thought that needed to be changed for the game. Um, right. Because right. everybody thought that, you know, just like every other Halo game, you'd be able just to, again, pick your own unique starting primary, secondary colors and it was just something that never needed to be addressed. I mean, 343 had screwed up, uh, what was it, the badge designs, the emblem designs back mm -hmm. in Halo 5 Guardians. They actually had to go yeah. back a couple of months and redo the entire system because, because they had a similar system. Because people flipped out. Yeah. So I could see on that. It's just, for me, I, at least some of the stuff I read, it seemed like more people were up in arms over the, the fact that, there, that they were creating a system for microtransactions. Like, I don't think, like, honestly, I understand where people get in arms, the true fans uh, yeah. that don't want the their game to change. But I really do think, regretfully, that there is a large, a very small, loud minority of people that are making a bigger deal over the fact of microtransactions. And I guess I'm just one of these people that's like, you know, microtransactions are here to stay. So well, at this point, if you want to keep yelling about every them. Si yeah, every single game now whether or not they like it or not, has some sort of microtransactions. Okay, then boost the cost of games to $100 a copy and then problem solved. People yeah. <laughs> can have whatever the hell they want at amazing, very large prices. I'm sorry. <laughs> I and I, I work in an industry where we have to use tactic, tactics like this. I have to basically take an item that I buy for a dollar and sell it for $4 because I got to keep the item that cost me $150 exactly. at $200. So you know I'm going to make and 50 bucks on my $150 item, but I'm going to make $3 on my dollar item. So that's why I was saying you have to basically balance this whole system here. You're 100% correct because without these microtransactions, these games would cost 100 bucks. Mm -hmm. Easy. And you know, there's a place for microtransactions in this world. Are you I gonna like? It? I don't believe in play to win. I will stay no, on that. Absolutely Cosmetic, not. DLC, but play to win? Hell no. Well, keep in mind they said no loot boxes, so no rec packs are coming back. Well, that's they also for sure. said all the unlockables are also able to. You're able to grind them out if you're willing to play the game and put the time needed into that to get your free items. Cool. But, like, look at somebody like me or, or Downer or other people that, like, work very long hours, and sometimes we don't have the time to put into that game to get exactly. that really cool skin. And, hell, yeah, I'm going to throw just, my $10 down so I can look good. Just give yep. me a package, right, where, like, you know, like when I buy my collector's <laughs> editions, at, like with Gears, for instance, I had a problem with buying the collector's edition. I remember when you bought it, you unlocked everything. Now 
or like an ultimate edition or something like a Forza or something like that. That whole controversy. Now you got to you, you get these little smaller little packages and something's left out. Well, I just spent all this money on this. So I expected everything. I spent a premium on it. That's kind of where I want. Well, I want to be able to buy. I want to be able to buy something, even if it's if it's cosmetics. And just buy. And I I I agree on the fact that if you're going to spend the money on the collector's edition, you you're going to have to have exclusive content tied to that. Because if you're dishing out that amount of money and, and you want to feel like it's special, and I think uh, part of that is you know either it's downloads content or you know just certain weapons that you may get in the game. I think having that for a legendary or collector's edition is 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 a good thing. Now, th- what about releasing that content uh, like a like a, we'll use Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order for example. When you bought the deluxe version of that game, or what was the highest version they had of that game outside of the collector's edition, um, you would get the yellow lightsaber and some other stuff, and Mm. they just came out and said that they were going to make that now available to people that didn't have those editions of the game because it's been so long. Yeah, so I'm okay with that if it's like a lengthy period of time, say like six months or a year. Nah, let's do a year. Um, Because by then, you know, those weapons are, you've already You've already had those weapons and played with them enough. I think the issue is that when 343 did this blog post, they they were talking about obviously their new seven layer coding system, which is all well and good. You know, I'm I really like that they were opening up about this stuff. The issue is that, well, we don't know what we're gonna have as like base colors, for example. Like they showed off a color, they called it monarch, but it was just purple. So a lot of people are kind of scared that a lot of the base colors are going to be locked off. And they haven't really gone into a lot of detail explaining this. People also... No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm dealing with this right now in ESO. Uh, In ESO, you have shaders that you can use to color your armors. And your armors are all... Each armor piece has, like, you could put, like, two or three different shaders. Like, I can... You can make stuff look really cool. uh, But for starters... Uh, to put shaders on like custom armor, you need to be part of ESO Plus to even put the shaders on them. And also the shaders are locked behind achievements or you have to pay for some of these shaders. Wow. Yeah, well, well, Allison, I think, um, you know, at the subject, at the core of it, um, I think Chris Lee was, in my opinion... Um, now, I've heard some things behind the scenes that I really can't talk about or I was told not to talk about, but um, I kind of feel Chris got a raw deal, but I thought that, but then I heard that there was stuff that, you know, was definitely a reason for him to be moved out. Um, everyone's really quiet on Halo uh, as far as, like, insider stuff or people talking behind the scenes. Um I'm I'm officially worried about the game. To be honest, uh, I I don't I, I don't know what happened here. Uh, I, I I I watched the the demo or watched the uh, the gameplay again. It looks good. I just don't think it's going to come in. And no matter when it comes out, I don't think it's going to come in and impress us the way we want to be impressed graphically. I think it'll be a very fun game to play. I think it's going to be a game that the gameplay is excellent, 
But when we with the wow factor that we all want, or we wanted that like that next step generation feel, I, I don't think that's going to happen here. Um, unfortunately, uh, I just feel that this uh, there's a lot of problems here. Um, I feel that uh, Bonnie uh, is, is she mismanagement. She mismanaged a lot here, and she should be taken to task. And um, if if it comes out and it doesn't do well and it, and, and it falls on its face and, and it is what I'm sus- suspecting that, that, that it could be, uh, there has to be people that, that have to be um, accountable, accountable here, yep. you know, and, and, and I, listen, I love the people at Xbox and uh, you know, but I'm a consumer and I'm real here. I'm a huge Halo fan. This is the, the 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 game that you know uh, brought me to, to Xbox to be as big as Xbox fan as I am and as you know it's it's a freaking huge Xbox fan. Yeah. Um, but if you're gonna if you're gonna not have that up to a certain standard and you're gonna miss that standard, that is a complete mismanagement mess. You know what I mean? It's it's unacceptable, yeah. and and that's the that's the way I'm feeling. It's going now, and I and I didn't always feel that way. You've heard me, but like, it's just they gotta show something or do something to make me think otherwise. I mean, even the the things that we're talking about, like the shaders, and and when they showed those figures, that, that doesn't that doesn't awe, that doesn't inspire me. It's not inspiring. It, it, it looked unfinished. It, was, it, looked unfinished. it was, yeah, and and yeah. I don't, you know, at this point, it's like. You know, I you know I can't give them the benefit of the doubt anymore. At this point, they're going to have to prove some stuff, and uh, well, I th- I think they have a lot. What do of... you guys think they would have to do though to really just you know wake us back up? To show us, just, show I'm... us something that makes us say, "Yeah, that's what I'm mm-hmm. talking about." Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to have that though. I think it's going to be, yeah, it's cool, but is that's that looks like it's last gen. I don't. I don't think you're going to get that that all aspect that I think that we all wanted and thought we were going to get from Halo. Unfortunately, right. I, now, some I don't, of the I don't think that had to do with you know, let's say graphically, because they still have to work with current gen consoles. You think that's yeah. still a thing, or but you look at something like what Watch Dogs is doing. It looks. Phenomenal. I just think that I just think that they took an art style that was that was gonna you know uh you know give you the halo one two three feel but the problem is 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 that when they went with that route you're kind of getting a uh, an older generation feel Mm -hmm. i mean they they probably were better off sticking with halo 5 graphics and and just you know bolstering it up and this is the this is the problem that they face right now number one is it's in too far of development where they can't just, okay, let's start over, let's do it over again. They've dumped way too much money. They have way too many assets uh, already assigned to this game. They can't just scrap it over. So I think they're... Well, do- why would they need to scrap it over, though? Well, like, be- because the maybe they're, part maybe the they're really game. concerned about... Maybe they're really concerned about the game. But they, again, they're at the point of no return right now. So look better, though. if yeah. I could come out and say... The gameplay gonna- part looks great. If we're gonna tear down Halo, if we're gonna tear down Halo for the way a game looks, um, I don't want to see any AAA title like uh, Borderlands Three or any or Borderlands like them. I don't want to see cell shaded 
uh, anything ever again. Basically, this is basically saying that a game developer has no control over the art style or direction of their product. Like, I'm sorry, at the end of no, the day... No, I just think it's is, a tear of two worlds, Centurion. You got, well, like, he's... Go ahead, this is go where, ahead. I was going to say, this is where people need to realize, you ain't building Halo. You are nothing more than the end consumer. So, yes, your dollar matters, but at the end of the day, you're not the person grinding that game out for 8 to 15 hours a day, depending on what needs to be done. Um, also, that's their product. If they want to make that thing look like a black-and-white film... Let them do that, and they can kind of get the repercussions from that. But never at any time am I going to tell any game developer this is the way it needs to look. This is the way it needs to play. This I is know, what needed. Kurt, but you, you still got to appeal to the core fans. You mean I get what you're trying to say, but you make yeah. that shit black and white. You're you're you're. But this is where. But this is where also needs to feel. This is where people need to realize there's actually two different cores for fans. There's yes. the Bungie core, and then there's the three four three core. Yeah, and yep. that's where we're having this back and forth of all oh, we want it like Bungie, but we want it like three four three. Oh, but we want this like Bungie. Oh, make it like three four three. Well, that's here. why you. That's why you have your foundation. You build on top of it, like Jeremy said earlier when you were ta- you started. You were saying, well, is it going? How's it going to be compared to today's games? You just you keep what you have in the. Or you expand on it some, and you build different modes, and that's how you well, get across stuff like that. I well, think you need to build that bridge. Here's a good example of a game where they took the like original the core, uh-huh. and they like uh, let's look at Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. The very first Mass Effect game is literally a fan game. You have to be a fan of Mass Effect to truly play that game because Agreed. it does not play anything like two or three. Because they saw the core that they had and they took in what people suggested and they made some changes and they actually made the game better. So they do it all games now. And no, I mean, okay, that's that's a a personal opinion, though, because there's people that said they missed the part one aspect, the RPG elements, the world, uh, you know, just the world building and everything to that. So they missed those things. Well, it's, it's, think, listen, it's inevitable you're not going to make everyone happy. Yeah. I think that that's what that's what you're going to have to come to terms to. But when I when I hear like Phil and he's asked about it, and his answer is, "Yeah, I played it last week, and it was okay." You know, like I want to hear him say, "Yeah, I played it last week, and wow, man, we're really in for it. Like this is coming." I don't think that they have the confidence in the game. That 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 they should have, and, and two, no. I don't like like when I heard like Phil talk about that, I'm waiting to, for him to say, yeah, you know, the fans are really going to be happy, and yep. I'm I'm Agreed. getting like I'm getting a crackdown three feel from oh. what's going on, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be I could see it's that, that bad, bad, bad. but I could see Tim's uh thing saying that there's some management issues, purely because you know like look it's at the not. look at the situation of. Um, the fact that now, if you read the articles, we now have multi multiplayer split in one half, mm-hmm. and they've got third lead director. We now have the single player campaign split in their half. Launching with third different lead director. times, launching and, different and, times, and, and it actually like rather than having one manager of the entire project controlling everything, that manager has now stepped back. Because the two managers, they, they basically, rather than making one person do one job, they decided to choose uh, two people to do this job and split it in half, mm. which is 
why they had him stand back because I'm pretty sure that dude was just standing around with his hands in his pockets, twiddling his thumbs with nothing to do. Uh, well, they originally had Josh Holmes. He left. He was the multiplayer portion. And then they had the creative director. I think his name was Tim Longo or Longo yeah. or something. Yeah, but, and then Chris Lee took over for him. And now, uh, you know, uh, Stan, uh, Staten, Joe Staten's taking over for them. You know, I mean, they got a lot of hands in this. You got oh. a lot of uh, a and lot of things going on. Yeah, so. they even had Olson. Who was it? Olson left too, like around the same time as uh, she Tim was only Lotto. there though for like two months, I think. But. So, um, with uh, what Tim Dog was just saying, holy cow! Just had a brain lapse. I was just. I was uh, saying I, I kind of interrupted you, but uh, you were saying like. Um, you know, how people had to split management teams, which, uh, you know, yeah. they do. They have a lot of people. Listen, there's split management, split management, and there's a ton of people. There's also a ton of contractors that oh, are working yeah. on And this. now, well, yeah. the guy, that's what I was going to say, the guy they have in charge of the multiplayer helped kind of grow the multiplayer for Gears 5. Mm-hmm. I'll be up front. I, I, I talked to Stubbsy um all the time and he's a big gears fan and there uh, from talking to him because he keeps up with gears there's definitely a lot of back and forth on what people prefer and don't prefer on yeah. what gears 5 is created in the multiplayer some people and love it, def- and, hate I, it. I, and but because we've got the same guy from gears 5 multiplayer doing halo multiplayer we're going to see some of the similar techniques that they used over there. And mm-hmm. they even said in one of the articles, they're using some company or some kind of consultant to basically help study people's spending habits mm-hmm. to basically keep them coming back to the Halo Infinite multiplayer. Right. Well, I think mm-hmm. they've also turned around Gears multiplayer quite a bit since a year ago, where people are actually enjoying it a lot more than at Yeah, March, so. a lot of people are still playing or seems that a lot of people are playing it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, obviously they're playing it. We've got um, Dave Batista getting ready to play Marcus. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I know there's some controversy behind that, but you know what? It's that's another thing that's real. That's what I love about Xbox is they are willing to help anybody kind of explore their imagination through any kind mm-hmm. of a game. Uh, like even look at Dave Batista. Everybody's like, oh, it's Dave Batista. Dude, we're talking about a guy who's a wrestler who had a dream to play Marcus Phoenix in an actor role. You know, like cool, sorry, yeah. but th- I think that's really cool that Microsoft actually yeah. was like, hey, that you know what? Let's live that dream. Just because you're not in Hollywood and you're not on the big screen doing it, let's do it in Gears. Let's do it in mm-hmm. the actual mm-hmm. Gears game. So when I initially Which is saw... weird because he is in Hollywood. He's an Avenger. Or what? like one Dude, of the I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I love him. <laughs> You know I watch wrestling. You know I love Dave Batista, but you want me to be absolutely upfront with you. I love Dave Batista more as a James mm-hmm. Bond villain than I did uh, as an Avenger. When I first did you initially see James Bond, my least favorite guys. When I first initially saw Halo Infinite when they revealed it back in July, I was actually one of the few who stuck up for it. I kind of really enjoyed. I really enjoyed um, like the actual some of the gameplay segments, and I I, I liked the art style. I was like really like it really brought me back. I was like, oh my gosh, they like they actually listened, which was great. And the enemy, like the main enemy, the villain that they have for the game, actually looks really interesting, and I I really want to learn more. But yeah, I mean, I also can't say that was the best thing I ever saw because I mm-hmm. was kind of 
deflated in a way because I'm like, oh, this is the Xbox Series X launch title. You know, it doesn't really look up to snuff, even though I really liked how the enemies looked, Master Chief and mm-hmm. the environments. I, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I have to, you know, uh, make that point. I felt the same way, yeah. But at the it's same... the graphics. It was the graphics. So, like all so the complaints we, that I heard was the graphics. Everyone's complaining about the way the game looks, uh, the way it loaded, the way mm-hmm. it was was performing. Touch that up some. You know. I, but, I think the gameplay aspect, the core gameplay aspect, fantastic. Most hard, yeah. Most of the hardcore Halo fans were like, "Oh, this looks great." Mm-hmm. I mean, if you go back and look at Gears Four multiplayer beta, I was like, "What's going on here? This must be in trouble because this looks like garbage." But when it released, oh, it was just missing all the, you know. See the polish. <laughs> yeah, so. one of one of the things that I've talked about this on other shows here, but uh, you know, one of the things I think that Xbox definitely benefits from and Halo be- benefits is with the signing of Bethesda. There's a lot of pressure off of Halo. I felt like Halo yeah. had so much pressure on point. it. Um, and now it doesn't, especially if you have like two releases, Starfield and possibly mm-hmm. Wolfenstein in 2021. You really can be strategic with Halo and you can give them the amount of time. I just think that, um, you know, I think that they have to come to terms with, you know, uh, you know, when they're going to show it, how they're going to re- release it again. And, uh, you know, listen, I-, I just hope the next time we see it, um, we're all, you know, in in agreement that that looks awesome. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think that it's gonna though. I don't think that it's gonna say it's gonna be what you know that next gen moment. I think that next gen moment uh, could be Starfield. It could be, uh, it could be Fable. It could be Halo, Hellblade too. Um, but you know, it's gonna come. That's that that that's definitely gonna come, especially when you have as much mm-hmm. talent and studios as Xbox has. It's gonna take a little bit of a time. Um, but I, I just don't think Halo is going to be that 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 one. I think it's going to be a, a highly rated game, not, but it's not going to be a a, a a mega hit. It's going to it'll be like an eighty three Metacritic. Everyone says it's fun. Um, multiplayer might be really popular. Uh, it's free to play. Uh, it'll have a mm-hmm. ton of players. It'll make money, but it, I just think that um, for what the expectations were. It's it's not gonna hit that. It's it's not gonna it's I not gonna. I think with their future updates, though, you'll it could, see. Yeah, that's very good coming. point. Look at Demon Souls. It's like one of the only first party games that's supposed to be an exclusive, as, exclusive mm-hmm. as far as we know. But they they said it. The dev said it themselves. There is no ray tracing in the game at all. Yeah. So it's like that's the one. But Spider Man has it, and it's cross gen. Right. So, yeah. I, I think the fact that I think the fact that we're even. Going out and saying it's gonna be 83, 84 Metacritic is a bit too much right now. Let's give them the time to work on the game. I still think the game's gonna come out Q1 of 2022, and who knows? Maybe that year is gonna get them the time and the money. You're going and into 2022. <laughs> I'm going. I it, I, Jesus I think, Christ! I think it, it's well, gonna I mean, be what's released? November 21, March 22, like. Yeah, oh. I think it's going to be released Q1 2022. I really do. So, like, you're um, talking March 2022. Oh, man. Especially yeah, if Starfield does come next year, then, yeah, they can. They got some breathing room. Yeah, I, don't and see I, it. I, I see the biggest hang-up of everybody. The criticism was just the way the game looked, you know, character design. Like, like uh, 
Which uh, you don't Shock need to said, go back to the, the drawing polish. board for that. No, no, you're not going to change the story around, are you? I mean, so... I, I mean, just even in screenshots... In, I mean, the way it looked when you took screenshots was mm-hmm. very bad about Craig. And then they had that one... You know where it has like all the brutes and everyone like and and I even somebody on Twitter was like they showed me that and I'm like yeah well anybody can have a bad take a bad screenshot and then mm. people are like hey Tim that's from the official three four three three four three site <laughs> I was like holy shit <laughs> yeah well I mean I'm hopeful guys I, I really don't want to you know crap on halo i'm a huge halo fan but you know i have to call out some concerns when they are present obviously um and i guess my other concern would be i just hope it's not split up because again i going back to halo 5 guardians they had left out forge at launch and even firefight came a long long way down so i really hope that we do get a complete product whenever it does launch. I know they talked about it was mentioned earlier splitting up the multiplayer. Oh, possibly that's bad. Game. That's a bad idea. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm like Naughty Dog who did split it up. Mm. Well, Naughty Dog who said they were going to do it never did it. You know, they said there was going to be at some point. Who knows? I don't know. Um, if I could just cap this off with, why are we worried about Halo Infinite? From that photo on Halo's Instagram account, <laughs> Master Chief is ready. Master Chief is ready. <laughs> well, they did. Uh, they did. They did have some new stuff that they did show uh, today, or or I think uh, um, Hyper. Uh, I, I can't remember his full name, but uh, he's a Halo YouTuber, and it definitely looked better. Like they had the brute design, and they had uh, the elites and stuff like that. You know, it looked pretty cool. So mm-hmm. who knows? I just really wanted to be the game that wowed me from what brought me to xbox you know i mean this is uh, you know this is their biggest franchise it is my favorite franchise in gaming by far absolutely yeah now tim obviously i i know you can't talk about a lot of things but do you foresee possibly another like big studio departure in the near future what do you mean departure like another person leaving yeah like let's say Uh, i i well, I know that you know. Uh, I think I think uh, O'Connor's. I think I think everyone's safe at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, it, it depends on. Um, I, th- I I honestly feel like Jeremy is going to be possibly. I don't think twenty twenty two. I think it's going to be twenty twenty one. But they're going to take their time and, um, like with the whole thing with Chris, like you know he only had a real year under his belt, but. Um, you know, so that's not really fair, but I did hear some of the stuff, you know, that, that could have, you know, been warranted. I, I, I don't feel like we're going to get another one of these. If we do, then you're going to talk about, you know, late 2022, but I don't think they're going to switch courses. I think that they have a, a, a an idea of when they want to launch or, or launch, you know, that they're going to try to get to. And, uh, Joe's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think I think it'll it's just going to be a real rocky development, you know, story and tale. And um, unfortunately, like I was wrong about it. I thought that they would be able to get it done. I had people saying it was going to come in hot, but uh, you know, it, it obviously mm-hmm. uh, that multiplayer reaction and I mean the the, the game demo uh, 
and what that you know that reaction um you know scared it's definitely scared xbox i think and it made them reevaluate and and i guess looking back rightfully so i mean i was one of the people who said you know i wasn't uh, i was like you I, I thought i liked some of the stuff that i saw i thought the gameplay was so cool i watched it in 4k on the oled definitely looks good but again people are looking for something that wows them and you know you know like right. kind of like what gears does mm-hmm. gears does that you look at gears and you're like oh the first time you see it, you're like holy shit you didn't get that 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 uh feeling i think megatron and everyone you know kind of felt the same way mm-hmm. again who knows they're gonna have right. a lot of time if they show us another presentation they could shut us all up and say you know what um you know, we, you know, they could show ray tracing, didn't have ray tracing. Um, but, you know, it was a huge miss because as good as the launch has been for Xbox and they nail, they kick Sony's ass, I feel, in a lot of aspects, the one thing that they thought they had for granted was Halo, and that's the one yeah. thing that took them mm-hmm. for a ride. And one the hurt. one thing that Sony has over Xbox now this at the start of this gen is they have that next generation games and they have games at launch where if they had halo at launch and you had the multiplayer and the single player it'd be a different story, uh, it'd be a different story. and it was in a good condition you know xbox would have would have would have would have hit it out of the world but mm-hmm. they still have question marks and again i look at it and you have to you have to take in, you know, uh, you know, you're talking about a studio of 500 people too. So you got to have accountability here. Yeah. You can't just say, uh, you know, we're a family all the time. Got to produce. Right. And I try to be the white pill Phil when it comes to point. Halo and all that. But go ahead, Shock. Like Bill made the point. Like, well, I'm going to sell out of, you know, Xbox is pretty much going to probably like sell out of its inventory anyway. So if Halo drops. You know, sometime next year, it's true. Might find a lull, and was, then you have the Bethesda games. Bethesda's going to have something big. Yeah, watching that they would have had planned as a big publisher, whether right. that's Starfield or one of their other games. So they're going to have games. They're going to have first-party games coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, some firepower to you know keep mm-hmm. it the momentum going. But yeah, well, you are right. It is all going to be sold out. I'm hearing that Xbox is. Uh, Span their uh, their uh, distribution globally. Sony has definitely um, stuffed the North America. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna Sony's gonna win the MPDs for the first couple of months because simply because they put most of their inventory in you know in, in the number one market, North America, and uh, they're smart to do that because they know that the demand globally. It, no matter what Xbox does, it's not even come close. They're going to sell wherever they want globally. You know, North America is a real uh, place for competition. And, um, you know, Sony's smart for doing that. And, and it, you know, it, it'll be interesting, though. But these consoles are going to be all sold out all over the place for a while, I think. So mm-hmm. what do you, let me ask think, you this uh, question, yeah. Tim. Do you think we're going to get a couple of surprises come launch day? From Xbox. I would I would hope that they would do something like that, like gameplay. Uh, yeah, like I listen. Uh, I talked about this before. You know, it takes a developer three weeks, supposedly, all hands on deck, 
Um, you cut the development cycle off, meaning that, you know, when you take the three weeks, it's no, you're not adding to your development. So you're delaying your development cycle a month to do a demo or to show something um, where you basically can show off. So uh, let's take in, uh, the Hellblade. That took about three weeks. And that's not just, you know, two people. That's everyone. From what I've heard, and this is what I've been told, um, you know, from reliable people. So in my opinion, like when you got Bethesda last month, that gives them a, a ability to say, hey, uh, compulsion. You know, can you show us a game or can you do us a demo? I heard Compulsion recently showed Phil something he was very impressed. Um, or you say, hey, uh, you know, what's in development or what can we show off? And I would show that the day before they launch. That would be my – that Monday, oh, I think it's Monday. When, when, is, when, is, when is Xbox launching on a Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. Uh, yeah. Tuesday. So that Monday – would... Spill it. What's happening November 9th? I have no idea, but that's like if that's the case, like November 9th would be a perfect spot where you show a demo Hellblade 2 gameplay. Exactly. You just show that. And, you know, listen, if Xbox was 15 studios and they were pushing, but now they're 23 studios, you could tell a studio, say, hey, take a month, get us a demo, get us ready for launch. So if Xbox doesn't do that, and I suspect they won't, to me, that's a miss. That's 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 yeah. not a that's not a smart thing. I think that they should show something where people can point to and say, "Hey, that's our next gen. That's coming." It's yep. seeing is I believing. Agree. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So, and don't forget, we also have the I video game awards quick, as well. But uh, can I add something? Yes. Go can ahead. I add something real quick? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, what comes to mind, at least with this whole situation with Halo, um, Microsoft has has been transparent to a point. Obviously, we're not going to invite people in to hear all the skeletons in the closet over at 343. But I feel like Microsoft has been extremely transparent with its fans and the people who want to invest in the ecosystem versus uh, what we got going on over on their competitors market where they pretty much ran games as console launch exclusives. And then finally they come out and through some shady back internet post, they basically let everybody know that these games are going to be cross generation. Mm -hmm. And I'm just saying like, why the hell are people not up in arms over the fact that Sony basically blatantly fooled and lied to you and Microsoft is over here trying to choose the different avenue of like, hey, it's not the best thing, but let's at least kind of tell you a little bit of what's going on. And they're being burned at the stake for it but meanwhile <laughs> sony over here with their shady like sh- you know shell game of is this game going to be cross-platform or is it going to be exclusive you'll never know you know <laughs> it's like come on hold the same energy the PS5 yeah. they don't they don't well listen it should be a game show is this ga- <laughs> what is this game going to be on ps5 only i mean listen <laughs> just you look at the backwards compatibility and you look at, uh, you know, you look at even some of the Digital Foundry guys, uh, which would do a great job. But I do feel like there's intimidation there. And people are afraid to fully go after Microsoft. Uh, I mean, uh, Sony. But when it comes to Microsoft, you got freaking Ryan McCaffrey leading the way, you know, saying, you know, what's going on here? And, and uh, you know, a lot of times you, you get Phil to even answer the the backlash where 
you know, Ubisoft can come out and say that these five games are not backwards compatibility, uh, you know, and then that 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 that's different from what Sony says. But there's no there's nobody really pushing that envelope um, and saying, well, where's the answers here, you know, or you know, just overall, there's always a, a lack of um, you know critical. Uh, uh, you know, being critical on somebody with Sony, whereas Microsoft, it's like, I mean, they get criticized. They didn't have criticized for having a an option for uh, power saving. I want to know the details on why uh, Destruction All Stars got delayed. I was know, hanging on that game. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, I listen. I just think that there is definitely Microsoft has to keep doing what they're doing, and uh, I think Jim Ryan will just keep making mistakes and then sometimes maybe that they will mm -hmm. you know uh you know go and and have the same type of energy you know we're going to go into a topic i think further on mm -hmm. uh, rdna2 where i'll i'll talk about that too because i feel well, even with that subject that's kind of a big deal and you don't even have any kind of media covering it and that's because basically the media doesn't understand it and um, and or because Microsoft holds as an advantage, right? You know, to close to close this topic off, I think um, you know these journalists and and personalities uh, don't go after Sony for one reason. It's because they'd be non-existent if if it weren't for Sony. Um, it's probably they're more just, popular because they're popular. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So they don't want to piss think... off subscribers and stuff. Exactly. Right? Now, in the we got a forty nine ninety nine fifty dollars super chat from Peter Sark. He says, "Keep up the great work, fellas." Oh, thank you very much, Peter. Uh, we appreciate the donation. Thank, thank you. you very much. Thank for... you, Pete. Great guy. Great guy. He just did a, an unboxing of the baby yoda which is awesome you guys need to go check out his channel man uh yeah he, he should have got an xbox it's great yeah <laughs> he, he deserves it tim you should have got an xbox or even a fridge yeah. a, a fridge maybe a fridge, maybe a fridge. <laughs> but Aaron said he's gonna he tweeted that out with the mini fridges i hope he does that you know i definitely jump on a couple and of I, like i told Aaron, i says it's a no-go unless it has x cloud on it <laughs> right. thank you pete Appreciate that. X man. fridge. Hey, listen, dog. for me, Halo is I, I coming would... out. Halo is coming out this year. You know, we're gonna end things real quick with this topic, but like Halo, I think to me is coming out next year. Third next quarter. Year. I'm sorry, next year. <laughs> no, later than, no later than the third quarter. I think I think that it'll time it for the uh, Halo Combat Evolved anniversary. So probably November. Yeah, That's just me. Smart. Yeah. But me I think too. I'm I think, in November too. I think they could do a lot with uh marketing that way too, but hey. And a whole year. Yeah, I think it'd be a good. A whole year of development. I mean, you could they could have everything like you said that they don't have to have firefight and all all forge and all that stuff they could have that mm -hmm. all ready at launch just make people go crazy. Yeah. But guys, we will transition to our next topic. And recently, as Tim Dog was dating, AMD had a presentation detailing their GPU, including RDNA 2 and its capabilities. Now, soon after, Microsoft came out with a blog post by Andrew Goosen and Jason Ronald stating that Xbox Series X is the only next-gen console with full RDNA features and capabilities, such as mesh shading and variable rate shading amongst other things. I guess Xbox couldn't say anything about this until AMD lifted the lid on it. Now, mm -hmm. 
Tim, of course, I'll start off with you on this one. Does this feature set give the Xbox Series X an advantage over the PlayStation 5? Because I don't think Sony has really come out about this kind of a feature set yet. Now, Tim, yeah. Tim, be Tim, before we get started, what the hell is the difference between full RDNA 2 as opposed to what Sony has? I have no idea. I'm okay, if, all right. So the deal is, is full RDNA 2 is Xbox... And I knew this, and I had said this on different podcasts in the year. Xbox waited for the full set of uh, hardware for full uh, for full RDNA. And what that means is, um, take an example for VRS. You actually have to have hardware um, that that you need to have that's built into on the sock, uh, which is a system on chip. So you have to have that. Uh, built in hardware wise. That's where when you hear people saying, well, Sony has their own custom solution. The fact is, is that whatever that custom solution is, is never going to be what Xbox has is because Xbox actually has hardware capabilities, whether it's for VRS or whether it's mesh shaders. Um, you know, I think uh, Alex from Digital Foundry talked about that, how uh, on the front side there could be mesh shaders built in. Um, so it's a hardware that's basically built in, and Xbox waited for it, uh, and it took – it put Xbox a little bit of, uh, of a disadvantage because the dev kits were late. Uh, as you know, you see the complaints about uh, Xbox ray tracing. Where is it? Why is it only on one game? And the fact is, is that they were behind – um, with this because they specifically waited for these features so that they can have them for future use um, and their XDK or their their you know their GDK where they make uh, you know the drivers and everything from I heard this from multiple sources that knew were behind and they're still behind their tool sets are still behind Sony because, uh, they waited for this specific, uh, you know, uh, set of hardware capability and software that Xbox is going to have, such as VRS, which um, is a method where, um, you know, this is lame in terms, and I'm not really uh, an expert on it as well, but basically it focuses pixels on one port of a screen, and you could get optimizations up to 15 to 20%. Um, by using this method and, uh, you know, stuff like that, VRS or machine learning, uh, even though they didn't uh, me uh, mention that, where you could have super, super resolution for, you know, uh, like DLSS, what NVIDIA supports. Uh, basically, it's like 1440K, but it's built up. It looks like 4K, it's, and it's hard. It's amazing. Um, you know, S, uh, you know, the stream, the feedback, um and and these feature sets that they have um sony does not have them because they are not hardware based they, they, these things are hardware based and uh people are talking about rdna3 and all this bullshit the fact is, is that xbox named what they they named that they they said what they said because they know they have an advantage how much of an advantage it will be That'll be up for developers to take advantage of. There's going to be games, though, that come out that utilize v VRS, and Xbox can have an advantage because they're going to get... PlayStation's ray tracing brute forced? 
No, it's supposedly it's hardware. Based. Well, no, it is hardware based. Uh, they used, I believe, another company to help them build it. Oh. But Xbox is. But it's not integrated oh. silicone on the board. It, it, I mean, I don't know. That, I, I I heard it's hardware based, but you you know this is a. Some people tell me no, like you said, it's software based. Um, Cherney said that there is a hardware element, so that they did build it on the on the on the silicone. So I'm gonna go with him saying that. Um, you know, so they, but they don't use what Xbox is using. Xbox uses DirectX. That's what I was gonna uh, try to ask you. Is so I know it's like RDNA two, and then it's RDNA two plus, and that's right. what and that is what PlayStation uses is RDNA two and RDNA one plus. Well, well yeah. they, they were saying like they're saying it's like one point five or whatever, but that's right. why they're saying that that plus it doesn't have, right it doesn't have the all machine the features. learning part of it. Right, because that, that plus means it's able to use the cloud. Right, or or they could use uh, certain things like DLSS. So that the machine learning wasn't mentioned. What was mentioned was the, the streaming feedback, the uh, VRS, um, and there was a couple of other features that were were mentioned. There was four a uh, hardware ray tracing, which Sony does have, but. Uh, the big one is, from what I've heard, is VRS, and the, the big thing is is that it is hardware built. You you need hardware for it. So hard, Xbox waited for that hardware for AMD, um, and once they got it, uh, they obviously went in and they locked in the locked in to build the console. But that's what uh, I'm curious on how this is going to happen in the long term with. Uh, Sony using that RDNA one plus or 1.5, whatever you want to call it. And the fact that the GPU and the CPU actually have to share power and borrow power from each other where Xbox doesn't do that. And we all right. know ray, ray tracing is a very heavy, heavy power consumer. Yeah. So that's where I'm like, well, what happens when ray tracing kicks in on the PS5 and the GPU is basically hey, it's telling the CPU, like, hey, um, I know you need this power, but I'm going to take it for ray tracing. Yeah, I mean, this, that's all that stuff is going to play out. You know, you su I suspect probably you have lower resolution on, on PlayStation 5 or you'll have for the ray tracing, uh, it won't be full 4K, uh, you know, it'll be like... Uh, you know, 1080p or stuff like that uh, for the for the shadows or, you know, it, this is very technical stuff. And you know, uh, my understanding is from basically from questions I asked and from what I'm told. Uh, to but you know, I had known for a while that they had uh, they were going to announce. Well, I didn't know they were going to do it like that. But um, I thought they were just gonna tout themselves. But they just—they went for—they went right out and they said, "Hey, we're the only next-generation console with these features, full RDNA." And um, I think that they—you know—people saying they're being petty about it, but uh, no, it's a pretty big deal because people—if you watch Digital Foundry's video on VRS—and I su suggest you do—that'll give you an overview and how it works. And Alex did a good job there. But, you know, I mean, that's a method that if, if it is used and it takes off, you have Xbox being more powerful as it is, but now you have it using a VRS solution that's hardware accelerated or hardware based mm -hmm. with software. That's it's going to give them more optimization, better optimization. Yeah. And, and it's going to result in better, you know, better games. So, Tim, the way I'm trying to look at this variable rate shading is. 
you know how you look out in the distance and you see uh, different environments, how they're not shaded. Right. I think what variable rate shading is, is the further it goes out, these, these, um, the pixels are going to be, uh, you know, detailed and more textured and shaded correctly. Is that, am I right? Well, yeah. Or, or what, does. no, where, where you're like looking, like, let's say, let's say exactly what you're talking about, but right. I think it's the other way around. Like if it's like, okay. say like it's a mountain in the background, they will use less, less pixels there oh, because, yeah. or they'll use, you know, and, and or, it's just, right. It also knows just, camera orientation. It basically, yes. it basically knows you're, it's like, okay, so there's a tree in the environment. Mm -hmm. Well, there's two trees. One, one, the person is one staring at the and other the other one. one is behind them. I don't right. need to concentrate on rendering the tree behind them. We need to worry exactly. about the tree on the screen. Mm. Right. And only when you look at it, when you turn at it in the other way, I'm assuming the way it was developed, you had to have that asset fully built instead of having it partially built. Because, or let's say that you're turning around the corner and you're looking at something and there's, uh, you know, uh, an asset that you're supposed to see. When you're behind a wall, you're not going to see that asset or you're going to see a little bit of that asset. From what I'm, from what I'm understanding is, is that that asset, the old way would just have to be built in into the system. Yeah. Whereas now you could just do the 10% of the, of the asset that you see from that ca camera angle or from your viewpoint. And you don't have to waste resources on building the full entire asset. Right. Interesting. Yeah. And I guess using the hard drive, that integration too, I'm still not a tech guy because of how fast it can render. Is it, does that have anything to do with it at all? Or say oh, that yeah, again, the hard, the hard drive is part of how it's the able SSD. to do this rendering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, this, the feedback, uh, well, one of the things is the S FSS, I think it's called, where like you can take a half a texture or twenty five percent of a texture, and because of what it uh, knows of the texture and 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 I guess what it machine learned or what it uh, you know understands of it, it could build the full texture in without using a uh, hundred percent of the power. Now, this is just my my uh, understanding of it. I'm by no means somebody who called myself a technical uh, you know expert i have a good grasp of it uh, or a decent grasp of it but i'm nowhere i'm you know i'm the stuff that i'm saying could be wrong here and there obviously uh maybe we can get uh jason ronald or you know somebody who on the show that that could actually you know answer these questions and and, and understand it because those are the guys that really so can understand I'm not and trying to it. be like Mr. Tech dude either but at least what I read on variable rate trading or uh, what you're calling uh, machine learning it's kind of like a form of checkerboarding but instead of it taking an image and splitting it into parts to create the 2160 image it takes a low resolution image right. and it basically builds the pixels around it to create the 4K image. It's not splitting a pixel into four pieces. It's actually adding pixels to the image to create the resolution. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. That's the stuff that I've been reading too. And uh, the DLSS, that's like super solution. Like I said, that, that involves machine learning. Um, supposedly Sony's going to have their, their implementation of that. Um, and, you know, in, in the case of Sony, what I would expect with VRS, they probably have a, a solution that they use. But again, it's not going to be what Xbox has, and it's also not hardware-based. 
Um, The fact that Xbox is actually using hardware Mm -hmm. and they're getting the full RDNA uh, spec is is a good thing because obviously when you have hardware, it's always going to, you know, push it forward or it's going to push it that much more than just straight software. Yeah, Uh, I'm so ready. Let me see what you got. (laughs) I'm so ready for these consoles, man. Well, I think that this stuff is going to, I would say this stuff really we'll start to see this stuff in like, you know, year year one and a half cycle or two. You'll see probably uh definitely you'll see Xbox um their their first party be using it. Yeah. I hope I um, see something. You know. I, I'm still searching for a television. <laughs> I don't even know I, I listen, I'm torn between the uh the C ten sixty five inch and the Sony nine hundred. Um H. That's the C10, bro. The C10. I'm telling you, bro. I think it's, my kids just, are gonna destroy that damn. <laughs> just I, set the just set the things. You can set it. I'll help you with the settings. You can set it where it turns off, or where like the 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 logos or the the luminal the you know the, the luminance. You can set lower, um, or you can put it in modes. Just like when you game, mm-hmm. it, it'll go to it. You can you could do it where the kids. I understand that. I mean, my mom had a TV. That had burden, and one of the reasons why was because simply because my mom is older and she, you know, she's wants to be warm. Her room basically gets to like in the winter, like ninety five degrees, and she has a heater, and the heater is blowing right on the TV, and the TV is on twenty four seven. You know, of course, you're gonna get mm-hmm. something that blows, but if you if you manage it, and I know you would. Um, you'll be fine. I, I like I said, I have five OLEDs and I've managed all of them, and I've had zero burn in, no problems. Nice. I, I Does anybody remember plasma all? televisions back in the I day? Still, hey, yeah. I still got a plasma. Yeah. I still have my Hitachi downstairs. <laughs> oh my right, god, listen. having to fire up the eraser on your plasma television. Oh crap! I got some burn in. I got to turn on the eraser. <laughs> Yeah, for me is the burning. It'll be for me from just falling asleep because I watch movies when I fall. You know, when I'm sleeping, I'll put on a movie and I just do it. Put a timer sleep. on it. That's all. <laughs> but the other you half fall asleep. No. But you if you're the watching a movie though, like like Megatron, if you're if you're watching a movie, that's fine. You're gonna find because everything's gonna be moving on the screen. But let's say you're watching like uh, Fox News. Or CNN, where they have that logo and it sticks there and it doesn't move and it just stays. Well, let me let me ask. That's Jer- where you get your burn. Jeremy, is that logo is the Fox News <laughs> burning? <Yeah. on> <laughs> Did it burn in? And then, like the other aspect, though, is just the durability because it looks so thin, right? My it's so is, you my have cat- no idea, though. You have no idea that it's just the TVs that you're you're mentioning. The 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 OLED is just gonna you're gonna blow you away, bro. Durability? Are you like packing your TV up with you going places? No, because it's just. My kids are upstairs in my cell. I gave them my bedroom mainly, and they're okay. up here. I got my cats up here, and they're playing around behind it. And it swivels. I got like this swivel, free floating uh, stand that my TV's sitting on. So it's mm. always moved. And I'm thinking I'm going to just crash it into the wall or something. I'm just I'm concerned. That's why I looked at the Sony, and I'm like, it's got good reviews, and it looks tougher than the OLED. I I could not imagine my face when I if I came upstairs. The, the OLEDs I, are. The OLEDs are really well made. I mean, that crystal on that is like, mm-hmm. it's it's amazing. Heavy. It's it's nice. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Well, I think, well, there you go then. Maybe I'll go with the when, CJ. When it comes to TVs for me, it's not the screen. It's the power supply. Every TV I've ever had that's gone bad yeah. is because it's blown the power supply right out of it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, uh, you know what, guys, just to close out this topic, you know, it's just interesting. As soon as this news came out about the RDNA 2, like I saw some developers um, come out, for example, a very, very, um, you know, over the past couple of generations, pro Sony PlayStation uh, developer Quantic Dream, their studio head David Cage had said, you know, the Series X has an advantage and it lies in its machine learning powered core shaders. So it's just interesting seeing some developers already talking very highly about uh, all this information coming out. And I can't wait to see how these uh, these different features perform over time, you know, after well after launch. So I can't wait to see all the games that come out later on with, uh, you know, and see this console take advantage of all these you key features. Invader, it's funny that we're still talking about key features in the system. Shockley could attest to this. We used to talk about, well, at least some older gamers used to talk about how, you know, the 32-bit Sega Saturn versus mm -hmm. the PlayStation, whether or not they could do transparencies or not on the Sega Saturn. We used to talk about the same shit as we did, uh, you know, back in the day. So it's it, it hasn't come too far. <laughs> well, it's for us nerds, right? <laughs> yeah. But anyways, guys, I'm going to move on to some other news that has been making the rounds the past week. And recently, Bethesda's Todd Howard did an interview with Game Industry Biz. And he discussed a wide range of topics, talking about how optimistic he is about Xbox Game Pass and Bethesda's history and relationship with Microsoft and so on. But I've seen a lot of people focusing on what he said regarding The Elder Scrolls VI taking a small excerpt of what he said and just running with it, stating that, and he, he did say this, saying that I would agree that it is hard uh, to imagine that, of course, Xbox, you know, just for The Elder Scrolls Six to be exclusive on just Xbox platforms. Now, earlier in the interview, he stated, and I'm going to quote this, I can't really project where things will be, except to, uh, to say we've done those sort of exercises ourselves as an independent. If you look at every Elder Scrolls game, there has been some sort of exclusivity on Xbox or with Microsoft. We've partnered with every game. Morrowind was basically a console exclusive. Oblivion was a long time exclusive. Skyrim's DLC was exclusive for a long period of time. We'll decide what makes the best sense for our audience when the time comes, and I can't really project today what that looks like. Whew, I mean, that's quite a mouthful there, but it's very detailed. Now, Centurion, I'm going to go to you first on this. What do you think of Todd Howard's comments? Are you seeing any hints here of where Elder Scrolls Six will end up? Well, for starters, I got to give the disclaimer that I absolutely love Todd Howard since the day he came out on stage at E3 and said, are you ready for some effing games? So ever <laughs> since he did that, I was like, I am a Todd Howard fan because that right there, that is definitely get some eyes on you on stage for sure real quick. Um, so, uh, with this whole situation, I like how Todd Howard, like, everybody's being cryptic, but I really honestly could see these games becoming exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem. And everybody's like, oh, they're talking about how there's going to be availability on all multiple platforms. Well, duh. Mm. But guess what? It's already come out through multiple sources that Xbox has flat out come out and said that they don't need PlayStation. They don't. They have xCloud. 
they have PC, they have Xbox. Pretty soon, as soon as xCloud becomes mainstream, everybody's going to have an Xbox in their pocket. And I liked uh, in the one article I read, they're just like, well, um, Sony's just uh, just waiting to utilize what they built with the, the Gaikai servers back in the day. And I'm like, they're waiting? Okay, I, I no. Sony realizes that the streaming market has passed them. They, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but unless they really throw some serious money at what they got going on, no. So back on to Todd Howard, um, I really see these games actually being, uh, there's probably going to be some games that do eventually bleed over to PlayStation, maybe timed exclusive stuff like that. But those great big barn burners, those, those, um, what's the blockbuster titles that everybody wants to get on their consoles. Um, those are definitely going to probably more than likely be exclusive, at least to the Xbox ecosystem. And, uh, I don't blame them. And the Xbox ecosystem is so large that I can see why this is going, this is new territory for Todd Howard and a company like Bethesda. Because for the first time in gaming, uh, we're starting to see what uh, some are com- calling what the consolidation of gaming developers. And um, Microsoft, uh, like you said, Todd Howard came out and said that there's always been exclusive stuff that they've been doing with Xbox mm-hmm. and Microsoft. And let's also just look at it right now. Let's look at Skyrim. If you go play Skyrim on a PlayStation right now, there is a night and day difference between the two titles on PlayStation and Xbox purely because of mods. Microsoft has been very open into letting Bethesda bring mods to the games and creating uh, basically an experience that um, fans can manipulate and modify. And that is something PlayStation has been heavily against. Been a big pushback on that. I think that oh, started yeah. with Fallout 4, wasn't it? Um, it and started it... with Fall. I think it started out with Fallout 4 and then it grew into Skyrim and yep. then some other games. And that's I, where, if, it, if I'm not mistaken, though, I think they do allow mods now on the. No, system. they allow, but they, they allow, do. but they it's allow mods, but it's very limited. Mm-hmm. Microsoft, right. Microsoft's rules on the mods are not as harsh as PlayStation's. The only, the only rule that Microsoft really has for a mod is that this cannot brick a console. That's their only really <laughs> rule. And basically, PlayStation just doesn't want people to have access to the source code. That basically, they're like, we don't want them to have access to the code. We don't want them to be able to make anything for PlayStation. We want it to be our sacred garden the way it's been for years. And this is where I've always stood by. This is why Microsoft, uh, Bethesda with Microsoft now, yes, we're going to get some exclusives. Why? Because Sony's dinosaur policy of sacred gardens is going to soon bite them in the butt. Bethesda didn't even want anything to do with PlayStation. Even if PlayStation probably had the money in their pocket and they were standing right next to Microsoft, they'd probably be like, um, you guys have been very resistant to the products we have built over the years. We would rather go with the guys that are going to help us grow as a company. And that is what Uh, Todd Howard put in these statements, he sees this uh, partnership or the fact that Microsoft has bought Bethesda ZeniMax as a way to grow the company in a new direction and, and take gaming in a new direction. And he's very excited. And I was glad to see in his statements, he talked about Game Pass on how 
it's absolutely asinine that some of these games have to have that $59.99 price tag on them just because that is what has become the norm. Game yeah. Pass has helped break down that barrier and finally able to put games that really shouldn't be 60 bucks in an environment where there's value for a very small price. And this is where I like how he pointed out, like, you know, with movies and, and entertainment, some movies go directly to the movie theaters to make millions of dollars, while other movies go straight to television. They're made for television because they're designed for a different audience. And that is what he put out there. And, you know, these games are all designed with their particular audiences in mind. And Game Pass is going to help get some of these these lower titles to these people that... um just don't that you know there's people out there that play nothing but indies so yeah, I'm, you, i mean but you know what centurion i still see a situation where uh xbox would allow sony uh or even nintendo to come out with these games uh, a year later from yes uh, you know from from launch because it's not gonna hurt them so let's talk about leverage too though yeah can you see playstation really kind of like sending somebody over to microsoft like please can we have some games from bethesda well sure how's that game pass app looking on playstation like i'm i'm you could use some serious that's, leverage you could yeah, be that's like, not gonna happen that's not gonna happen I'm saying it right now. It, Game Pass will never be on PlayStation ever. But here's the thing. If I was yeah. in Phil Spencer's position, I would flat out tell somebody, be like, don't even come to my office if you are not open to me putting Game Pass on your console. Because at that point, I'm going to tell you right now, we're not going to have a conversation. I'll let you could sit they, out in the lobby could, all day long. Couldn't they use Game Pass just like they're doing with uh, Apple and go through the browser? Does, does, does the PlayStation have a browser? Could they do it that way? PlayStation has a browser, um, but I'm going to tell you right now, man, but there has to be some optimization involved. And mm -hmm. I'm sorry, the PlayStation browser is a POS. Yeah, you have to have different <laughs> plugins and mm -hmm. different, yeah. Damn. Like, I mean, like, I don't even use the Xbox browser because, you, like you said, plugins, stuff like that. I don't, I don't browse the internet ever on my consoles. I go straight to a computer just because that's, sorry, but... To them, people don't people don't go buy an Xbox to go surf the internet. People don't buy a PlayStation Four to surf the internet. They they have phones and computers for that. So so back yeah, when people uh, are underestimate. What were you oh, saying, Shock? Go ahead, Chocolate. Yeah, I was gonna say I think people underestimate also what XCloud is gonna be. Uh, I'll just tell you today. I was in Monticello, Indiana. I know none of you know where that is. Um, it's a small a small town. If you've ever heard of Indiana Beach, you might know around about where. But again, it's a small town in Indiana. I They had 5G, and I was getting over 100 megabits per second. I don't get that at my house living in central Indianapolis <laughs> with 5G. So I'm like, holy shit, if I'm getting this out here in the sticks, which I didn't think I'd even get 5G, like, just think about the next three years where 5G is going to be. And X and you're gonna be playing at that speed, you're not gonna really have any hiccups as far as lag. You're yeah. getting that quality. So I'm like, this is gonna be a lot bigger, I think, than what people think, you know, everybody has a phone. They can just okay, I can just play all of these Bethesda games. I'm not gonna get them on a PlayStation. I got a phone. Th those super casuals are gonna go that way. All right. They don't so have to be a ask. huge ecosystem. It's right there. Yeah. 
But getting back to the exclusivity stuff, you know, I look at uh, Elder Scrolls Morrowind when it came out on the original Xbox, I believe back in 2000. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was a console exclusive. Now, I've never played, I'm not a PC gamer, so at that time, I never played PC at all. And I remember Morrowind coming out and what an amazing game it was, you know, the things it it did on a tech side uh, for a console. And then hop it, hop along, uh, you know, six years when um, I believe that's when Morrowind came out um, on the Xbox 360. It had exclusivity rights for that uh, for an entire year when the PlayStation version came out. Um, and it, it was a lesser version at the time, even though the PlayStation 3 technology was bet was a little bit more better. It was better than the uh, the Xbox 360, but it was harder to develop for. It. But the games look and ran better on the 360. Um, I think Xbox is in that position now to where they have the best console version of the game. And, you know, they maybe a year later, the PlayStation version will come out with uh, not the same bells and whistles that the Xbox Series X has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just interesting, all these uh, comments, because he's not Todd Howard's not really committing. However, it I just I think he's hinting or slightly leaning towards that. Yeah, you know, there might be, you know, some preferential xbox treatment going on here you know talking about again touching on those um past deals exclusivity and so on so i mean xbox microsoft wouldn't buy bethesda just so all of these big franchises could you know go over to their biggest competitors something's got to stay within the xbox ecosystem and they have still haven't announced uh what consoles that Elder Scrolls 6 is going to be going on to so or Starfield for that matter. So yeah. but but when you look at the example like with um the Elder Scrolls Morrowind where Xbox got that exclusivity rights for about a year, it sold tremendously on the 360 uh, as well as the PlayStation. So I think doing that doesn't really hurt them financially but, and it doesn't make it to where you know it still makes you want to go and purchase an Xbox console or use it on the PC uh, as opposed to the PlayStation. Because I know for a fact people aren't going to wait a year to play, uh, you know, to, to play an Elder Scrolls game just so they could play it on the PlayStation. So, I know for a fact that's not going to happen. So the writing is kind of on the wall. Have you seen the article that came out where a Sony, I, I forget which Sony executive said it. But they basically flat out came. They pretty much said it that Sony oh, has yeah. so Sony has grown their gaming studios organically, where basically Xbox forced it by purchasing by purchasing Bethesda. I'm sorry, but I heard the bitterment and animosity in his tone mm-hmm. just from his statement, and I already know Jim Ryan knows that. Yes, they're probably more than likely going to become Xbox exclusives, and he's being a hater. Yeah, that was Jim Ryan. That was rough. Well, he's he's being sorry to interrupt you, Invader. He's being a hater because he knows that deal with Zenimax. It's a deal breaker for a lot of people. Yeah, it's a game changer. There's people. There are people out there who, because of this deal, went from being a PlayStation fan to an Xbox fan. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. 
They're building organically, though, right? It's okay. <laughs> like, I know, yeah. Like, like, we built it organically <laughs> yeah, through like lies and shit. Yeah, well, no, it's shock. You make a good point, too, Spider-Man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I really so like it. Yeah, I, I really like Insomniac, but, I mean, they're an established studio that's been around for a while. Not only that, Naughty Dog as well. Uh, Sucker Punch, you know, they just did Ghost of Tsushima. Like, they have so many studios under their belt that they have purchased. Uh, I think there's only a handful of them that are actually organically grown. Um, you see Xbox making these acquisitions. I mean, they're doing what everybody wanted them to do, to go out and get huge talent, huge studios. Sure, they've gotten a few smaller studios, but they're still really talented, like a Double Fine or a Compulsion. But then you look at Bethesda and Obsidian. They got... Like, oh, they, they're they huge, huge, massively talented studios. And then they've even created studios from the ground up to either shore up their big, their biggest IP like Gears of War or Halo, or they're creating for new IP such as The Initiative. So, like, for Jim Ryan to really comment here, just it, to me, it just sounds like sour grapes because Bethesda games, ZeniMax games are not going to possibly be on his platform. Well, I also have to laugh how in the article it basically stated that when they bought Bethesda, Sony should have went out and bought Konami. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, so basically, we're not in it for games anymore. This is like tick for tact. Oh, he shot you with a missile, so we got to send a missile back. And it's like, so what do you would rather do? Have these companies basically blow their budgets into oblivion? And basically, Sony has to shut the doors because they spend all their money on buying studios? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Yeah, no, it's, um, I don't know, man, like, it's just a little hypocritical for Jim Ryan to be talking about that. As somebody said, I think it was fuzzy there, lying Jim Ryan. <laughs> but I, I try not to bring up Dancing Shoes Jim Ryan, but uh, the chat does it quite well. Uh, You've heard the Dancing Shoes Final joke, right? Sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, the dancing shoes joke was the one that stuck for me because everybody was putting out that gif of the guy doing, like, the electric slide or whatever. Oh, yes, uh, Fuzzy here was saying, oh, yeah, Sony also bought Crunchyroll the other day, so... Uh... <laughs> Organically Did they acquire that? Did that went <clears throat> yeah, they bought Crunchyroll for a lot of money, so... I'll be able to watch my Japanimations now. Yeah, you now you can get your heavily censored anime just on... Um, Sony platforms now. <laughs> well, who knows what they'll do with that, but uh, they bought them for a reason, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of content restrictions there. But uh, guys, we'll move on to another topic. It's just interesting Todd Howard's uh, comments here regarding Bethesda games. I think he's kind of hinting at some kind of Xbox ex exclusivity, but we'll see in time. Their deal won't close for many months but it's they can't talk a lot openly about things right now but you know there's talk behind the scenes but we will go on to probably what's going to be our last topic of the evening and a couple of days ago it was announced that gears pop microsoft's mobile gears of war spinoff will be shutting down and the servers will be shutting down april 26 2021 <laughs> Yeah, it's... I'm sorry. Uh, I'm thinking about Megatron, right? Oh my gosh! <laughs> we know we might as well just go ahead straight into this. We know why it's closing down because me and Jeremy stopped funding that game. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I spent so much money, but you know I had a lot of fun playing Gears Pop. 
it is what it is. It's kind of gone. You know, it's kind of one of those things I think that kind of trends up and then it goes down and then you kind of move on. So, right. There's your spot. <laughs> R.I.P. Maybe it'll go to the PlayStation for a little while and dance around over there. Up. I'm gonna call Microsoft right now and get my fucking money back. <laughs> I lost a lot of work at that. I mean, production went to an all down, all time low when I fired that game up. Like nothing was not getting done. I enjoyed that game, Jeremy. Like I, 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 think, I, I think you spent more than me, buddy. How much did you spend? I'm, I'm guessing like seven to a thousand dollars, easy. Yes. Yeah, I, I spent Ooh. around four or five hundred dollars on the game. Really? I I, I didn't want to lose. You don't want to lose. Hell? It's just addictive, and it's right there. You got the sales right there. <laughs> you just accept, and it goes in, and you got all these uh, upgrades and like new soldiers. And I haven't played it. In a, I mean, how long has it been? I haven't played that game in. It's it probably been right at least seven months. Okay, it's been at least six months. But I played that probably more than I played Gears at one point. <laughs> at one point in time, I was playing Gears Pop more than I was playing. Uh, Gears of War 5. Well, it's so easy, you know? right, to pick up because you can play it at work. <laughs> you can just play it on the go. And it's very easy just to pick up and play. Like, you you know, you said, I know you were basically addicted to it. I, I remember there was a couple of shows where you just be like, oh, yeah, I've just been playing Gears Pop, Gears Pop. And it's like, hey, man, I don't blame you because it's right there in your hands. So yeah. if I can just put something out there. Both? I have this weird theory <clears throat> We all know that Xbox is building a workaround for iOS using the browser. We even brought that up on how people might even try to use a browser on a PlayStation to use Game Pass. I see Xbox probably pushing a much more heavier role for Game Pass and games that will be available on xCloud using your cell phone, using Game Pass. And I really see them taking games like Gears Pop and other games like that out of stores from Android and iOS because they're probably going to push a much more heavier storefront for themselves when it comes to the games that they're creating and they want people engaged in their ecosystem. And I think that with xCloud coming up in this workaround with iOS, I think there's probably going to be a much more heavier push for their own storefront on, on these devices. Yeah, but I think uh, the fact that the reason why Gears Pop wasn't successful later on in its lifespan uh, was for the simple reason why it was really heavy play to win or pay to win. Oh, yeah. Very heavy pay to win. And uh, there was not a true sense of strategy going on in the game. Yeah, there was nice some nice strategy elements in the game, but at the end of the day, Whoever had, uh, you know, whoever was spending the most money was going to win that game for sure. It was so. I remember on stage when they announced that before, I think it was Gears 4. And I'm like, this is what they're showing us from the coalition? And like I said before, I think me, you, and Tim met, uh, ran into Rod in one of the lobbies at E3. And I'm talking, and the Gears Pops guys are right there. And I'm saying all types of stuff I wasn't supposed to say. (laughs) <laughs> it, was a, it was a disaster, to say the least. But then come to find out, I loved the damn game so much that I'm kind of sad that it's going. You know, I know I cut um, Invader off, but the servers are going down on April 20, April 2020, 21, yeah. 26. Yeah. So, but uh, it's a fun game, and you know, it served its purpose in my my Gears of War uh, world. So, but uh, yeah, man, it's just. <clears throat> Who could who could forget the troll from the co- coalition? Uh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, 
they were we had just got done with that high off of gears four and people wanted more gears and as a joke they came out and showed gears pop just before they showed the trailer for gears five yeah yeah they did that on purpose yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that was done on purpose to, to to get everyone's reaction as they did Oh, he got my... <laughs> it, it trolled us. <laughs> Every, everybody thought they were like, this is what we're getting? Yeah, well, I had seen Rod at... Um, I had seen Rod at... Uh, uh, there was a day when I was, it was Megatron. We saw him at the hotel. Yeah. Um, and I had asked him that. I said, he said, we went with it a bunch of ways, but in the end, we decided to do that to have a little fun. You know? So- they, they knew that that was going to be the reaction. Gotcha. We also can't forget that cell phones are a total different market and monster. You know, I'm like cell phones. There is games that come and go from that from that platform every single day. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say it, but when it comes Too to many. self. Yeah. When it comes to cell phones, it's called the flavor of the month. And mm-hmm. unless your game happens to be like crack cocaine. Like I'm sorry, but like st- seriously, you're, everything is you have lost create, in translation. Like, everything's sure. lost in translation, and you can also be just like in YouTube. You can be drowned out by the next guy who shows up because they just happen yep. to have a better popping product than you did. Yep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, guys, keep in mind we talk about Gears Pop and mobile gaming. Xbox did pick up technically a mobile studio when they purchased ZeniMax. Uh, Alpha Dog, I believe it was, they make cell phone games. But, I mean, I'm not sure they'll totally be making cell phone games from now on. We don't even know really what they're working on at this point. So they could always transition over into something else. Well, you know, maybe they'll bring, they'll bring back uh, Flappy Bird. <laughs> they make Flappy Bird? Who made Flappy yeah. Bird? <laughs> maybe. Like, uh, like let's, uh, let's use an example real quick. Let's look at Angry Birds. Does anybody still yeah. play Angry Birds? Like we're no. talking about a we're talking about a cell phone game that actually had a movie made on it. Nobody yeah. plays it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, that's true. But obviously, Gears, um, you know, it was Gears Pop. It was a a spinoff title, right? And we also had Gears Tactics, you know, an XCOM like strategy game that came out this year, and it's going to be there for launch for the Xbox Series. X, which I'm really down to playing. I really love those types of strategy games. But I'll just put it out there to the panel. What kind of genre would you like to see the Gears of War franchise branch off into? Like, Or would you just like it to stay third-person shooter? I would like it to see uh, an RPG. Not a strategy game, but just an RPG in general. You know, turn-based... Uh, you know, just adventure game RPG. So, then you have Gears Tactics, then, right? Turn no, that's base. what I'm saying. Not, not the, um, not that kind of strategy to it. It's just mm-hmm. like Final Fantasy, where it's turn based, and um, you know, you just run into enemies, and just a different. Take I, mean, I, I, I can see them doing something like uh, Halo Wars or Gears Wars. I, I could see yeah. them doing something like that, yeah. where it's an RTS. I think that'd be pretty cool. Well, they said Gears Tactics was phenomenal, so I don't yeah, it's phenomenal. Highly, I haven't. I still have yet to try it, but I'm looking forward to when it comes out on consoles. It, so, but I can see. I love RTSs. You know, Halo Wars, Halo. Uh, there, those were both <clears throat> phenomenal. So I can see Gears doing the same route. Um, other than that, man, I can't see it no other way. You know, I'm willing so, to try anything as long as it's fun. 
<clears throat> is it wrong that I don't have a particular game style that I'm looking for, like RTS, first-person shooter, any of that? For me, I, I'm wanting to see a spinoff on the franchise that kind of breaks away from the established characters that we have because I'm wanting to see more of what how the war started. I want to see mm -hmm. like I want to be there for emerging for I think they call it emergent emergence day like when basically they came out of the ground and stuff like I understand the lore uh not to be spoilers of who where the locust came from and stuff that has been mm -hmm. showing mm -hmm. you in the games but I think that's actually an avenue that I feel like that has been untapped is to basically put you at the beginning of that whole situation yeah, you want like a prequel. You want like something, maybe like a prequel or what he like, just a pre like a prequel, but also at the same time, like I don't want it to be like cheesy. Like let's look at uh, the Borderlands prequel. That was just something that was thrown out there just because it was a money maker. I want somebody that would actually take the lore and actually create the environment of what the world was like before these creatures came out of the ground and just started running amok. So you want it fully interactive, though, like a game. You don't want it yeah. like Telltale style. No, right? not like Telltale, like kind okay. like yeah, like what we're doing now, or maybe even take a Downer's RPG element to it mm -hmm. and kind of like help shape it. But I really am. I'm sorry, but I am very interested in the lore of Gears of War. I want to know what these creatures, you know, where they kind of exactly came from. I want to know about Emergence Day rather than reading about it. I mean, there is a lot of untouched potential for the Gears of War franchise. And I'm not trying to be mean, but the Gears of War franchise has revolved around Marcus Phoenix since Don. day one. Mm -hmm. yeah. And in the beginning with Don, I would love to see their relationship and how they first got to meet one another and how their, or, or, their friendship or, or, became. Exactly. Or you get to play the game of how Marcus ended up in jail. Because if you think about it, in the very first game, yeah, be cool. you're breaking yeah. him out of jail. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot that they can touch on. For example... Uh, early on gears judgment kind of touched on what you're saying although it was like a couple of months after emergence day but it was still kind of cool to see like uh the early on destruction but yeah what you would want from what you're talking about is either right on emergence day or or possibly i know a lot of people in the gears community talk about possibly having a spinoff of the pendulum wars like even before emergence mm -hmm. day like when you had like the two uh basically the two faction countries like duking it out right so it'd be something and that different. would be another part of see that's where i say like untapped lore there is so much potential in this franchise and there's so much lore but how far back like do you barely go though i mean because if you i mean it, when you so when you play gears it's it's gears and you have locusts if you go too far back, I think you kind of you take the locust out of it, then you know what do you get? You know, I think. I mean, who's well, the? So if we all remember, if I'm right, it was Emergence Day that kind of helped shape the truce between the Pendulum Wars. Mm -hmm. Everybody was basically fighting themselves up and down until Emergence Day. Yeah. Uh, if I'm remembering the lore right, you, well, you know, and that's you where still... you could integrate that into a game. Like the beginning yeah. of the game could be you... human versus human, but as the game progresses, eventually Emergence Day happens and it flips. Well, you can still call it Gears of War. I don't know how far back Gears go. You know, the the units Gears. How far do they go back in that lore? Do you oh, guys they, know? Well, as far as I know, it's been since the Pendulum Wars because you got to remember it's been the two factions and the main faction. Uh, that's where they got the term Cogs. Mm -hmm. Is you are the Cogs, you are the Gears of War, and that's why they called the soldiers Cogs, and right. that and that's where 
um, that's where some of that lore came from. So actually, I think the cogs have been around since the pendulum wars. And that's and if I remember the locusts, right, like some of the lore, that's why the locusts weapons look different is because they somehow like pretty much took over like one half and like kind of like their weapons and stuff like I've tried reading into it and that's where I get lost and I was like I feel like this would be a better game than it would to sit here and try to read it out yeah mm -hmm. yeah I I would personally like to see maybe something a little different that they could spin off from obviously I, I don't want them to mess with whatever formula they have for the mainline games and tactics looks pretty cool in my opinion I can't wait to try that out I would like them to experiment with possibly a more i don't want to say a horror game but like the locusts have always been scary and i felt like some of the the more recent games have kind of missed that the uh, the scary locust vibes i would love to see them experiment with some kind of a a more i don't want to say serious but like a, a horror vibe like maybe some kind of a first person kind of a gears game like that kind of a vibe like i know it might not like tickle everybody's fancy but i i think there would be some kind of an avenue for that what about taking an entire game and basing it off of the hive busters concept you wake up in a hive after being swallowed and all this other stuff and the whole game revolves around trying to escape that hive right. and you just see creepy <laughs> like horrific things going on in these hives now we're getting to the what ifs what is no i'm just saying no but i'm just saying no i actually like invaders idea and it actually could be done I, yeah. i've always kind of thought in the back of my head that the hive buster concept is actually you know i thought it was cool for the multiplayer and i actually feel it's a little bit of an unta untapped resource which is why i think that they're actually going back into it with dave batista actually doing a hive buster dlc yep Mm -hmm. Invader, we do have a super chat for Mr. Yes. Victor. Yeah, I was going to wait till the end here uh, if uh, yeah. everybody's uh, finished with their comments. Uh, yeah, Victor Alistine with the $5 super chat. Thank you very much, Victor. He says, uh, wait, they can make it like, uh, what, Final Fantasy or GTA series and start a new story with new characters and world, but with the Gears mechanics. Hmm. That'd be interesting. That'd be interesting. Uh, That'd be very interesting, actually. That'd be cool. Yeah, he also had... Oh, I didn't realize he had a second Super Chat as well earlier with another $5 Super Chat from Victor. I think Halo should be taken from 343 and they should be allowed to make a new IP that helps build the studio organically. Well, I well, mean... What are you going to do with Halo, then? You take Halo away from 343, then who's going to work on 343? <laughs> Where do you go with that? I mean, you can't no, just... you know what? You know, it'd be interesting if if you give uh, Bethesda the Halo franchise and make oh, kind of a Fallout ish type game with it. <laughs> well, you know what? let's just have a total... people, are, people are crying over you know uh, skins, you know what color and badges, logos on a, a, a yeah. suit. Imagine what they're gonna do with Halo, that. Man. You don't mess no, with I'll leave it, bro. It's it's. As a joke, if I could be Microsoft, I'd just release an article that says, hey, we're switching up. The Coalition is now doing Halo, and uh, 343 is now doing Gears. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, 343 does have a lot of 
uh, Bungie personnel that they had brought in when they created the studio um, early on. And while, I mean, personally, I may not like some of the directions they had went with the franchise, and there's a lot to comment on. I mean, I do like some things that I'm seeing recently, believe it or not. But they built that studio organically for the fact to focus on Halo. Uh, I'm really not sure what other studio would be able to do it. I mean... Remember, Jeremy, we got to go back and play that now. Uh, New consoles... Yeah, We're for sure. We're Guardians, playing, uh, right? Co-op and you want to play it during the week or the weekend? Weekend, you tell me. Better weekend, okay. man. Okay. Wait a minute. I thought you guys were playing. I thought you guys were playing Gears, not Halo. Yeah, Both. we're gonna play Gears. Both. Who said? I, I heard was, him you know say what? Guardians. I said Halo. I said Halo. I think Jeremy said Gears. I think we should do both. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys and i think that that this episode is now drawing to a close and the books yeah yeah that's right and you know what hey really fun chat tonight fellas i mean we went on about uh you know the, the shake-ups at 343 industries and all that jazz not to mention the recent uh todd howard comments on bethesda game and so much more and I gotta say, I gotta give a huge shout out to everyone that tuned in and joined us this evening. Uh, thank you guys from Victor, Psychonauts, Pong Soul. Uh, who else do we got here? Cryptosy. Uh, so Shady, hey buddy, thanks for joining us. And many others. I saw Stubbs was here. And yeah, amazing chat tonight. Thank you guys for the input. We appreciate you guys uh, joining us. And we hope you enjoy tonight's banter. And with that said, you know, let's get into the TXR crew outros uh tim had already left uh tim great energy tonight bud uh we'll see you next week i'll start off tonight with megatron megatron good show bud where can everybody follow you at hey hey man as always it's uh megatron underscore one nine seven five on twitter you can hit me up on xbox live my gamer tag is megatron one good show fellas thanks Thank you guys for coming through. <clears throat> totally. Uh, next up, Jeremy. Where can everybody follow you, bud? Well, you can find me on the Xbox at Downer Space J. Uh, I do want to say, uh, give a nice shout out to Mr. Tim and Centurion. They brought the, they brought the fire today, man. Good job tonight, guys. You did a good job, uh, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, they had some really great commentary tonight. Uh, some really well thought out uh, comments for sure. Uh, speaking of Centurion, I'll go next to you, bud. Uh, again, good show. Where can everybody follow you at? Well, thank you, gentlemen. Yes, it has been an amazing show. And thank you for letting me uh, chew your ears off by chatting way too much like I'm a Mike Tyson pay-per-view. Um, so definitely, for those interested who want to find me, uh, be sure to follow me on YouTube, Xbox Live, and Twitter at Centurion1307. I also do the shop podcast every Saturday night and I do the TXR podcast right here every Sunday night. And uh, thank you everyone for coming in. Cool. Cool. And uh, round this out. Shockley buddy. Uh, good show tonight. Uh, I liked your commentary as well. Where can everybody follow you at? Oh yeah. As always, you can follow me at shock Nero on Twitter, easy shock on Xbox live. But yeah, that was a really good show tonight. And uh, what do we got? This is this our last? No, we got one more Sunday, one more show before the uh, the mm -hmm. big day. So. Yeah, one more, man. <laughs> one. So does more. that mean we're all taking that following Sunday off because everybody's going to be too busy playing with their Series X's? No, <laughs> I'll be here. Negatory. Well, I'm only joking. 
Well, we're not playing Cyberpunk. That well, I guess that was going to come out. That you know what? Anyway. We're also not going to be playing Halo either, Shockley. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, and I'll be curious to see if the media moves too, since it uh, Cyberpunk moved on. Yeah, it's to supposed their to be December tenth. Yeah. So very curious to see how they'll uh, pivot that one. But I got... think they're just banking on uh, Assassin's Creed. Right? Comes out the tenth. Seems that on way. On the launch day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're banking on that. Well, Xbox is banking on that heavily because of the marketing, but... Uh, and I still have to beat a, a Odyssey just so I can play Valhalla now. <laughs> uh -oh. I've got 200 hours in the Odyssey, and it's just like, I gotta go back. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Damn. Yeah, I got all kinds of games to uh, finish off, too, but I might just save them for the Series X and play them on there. But uh, anyways, guys, to round this show off, this is Invader, and you can follow my content on YouTube at Invader Gaming. Of course, I'm active on Twitter at Invader underscore 1986 and a whole bunch of other platforms. Great show tonight, everyone. Again, as Shockley was alluding to, we're nearing the release of the Xbox Series X and S a week or so from now, and I'm just extremely excited to get my hands on these brand new consoles it's a really exciting time and hey we hope to see you all next week so until next time guys